show me wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Concentrate. Look at my eye. Like a hand. Thumb inside. Get! Get! Ladies and gentlemen, Get! this look is I the main event of the Welcome in. It is a special edition UFC preview here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, I am AJ Hoffman, joined as always by my man Sleepy J. We got a new guy on board. We're gonna test out a, a test out a guy here and see uh, see how he does with us. Guy, I certainly know knows his stuff. Uh, David Tully is gonna be the third man in the booth today. David, how are you, my man? Very well, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, our pleasure. Uh, we normally only do these for pay-per-views. And a lot of that is I, I'm super busy this time of year. Like, uh, I, I I handicap all these cards. I just don't always have time to sit down and do a podcast uh, because college basketball is going, college football is going, NFL is going. It's a, it's a busy time. But Sleepy texts me. He's like, dude, this card is incredible. And I, I said, you know what? You're right. Let's get on here. Let's have a let's have an emergency podcast. Boom, boom, boom. So here we are. And there was no fights last week, so we had some extra time to prep for it. I'm excited about this card. I think on paper, this is one of the best non pay per view cards that the UFC has done. So uh, we should be in for a, a really fun night of fights on Saturday. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the top three fights on the card. And we're each going to give out a best bet. So let's start at the main event. And Sleepy, I'll let you bat lead off here. Benil Dariush, Armand Sarukian. Uh, the number here is fascinating to me. I, I think that if you had said, if you had asked me before the odds came out what I thought the the uh, the line was, I would have said, I don't know, maybe like minus one fifty, maybe minus one sixty. No, Armand Sarukian is a massive favorite in this fight. There are places where it's like minus, it's Caesars right now, minus 320 Armand Sarukian. The comeback plus 250, uh, it's about the best number you're going to find on Dariush. I'll ask you, Sleepy, I mean, how live is Benil Dariush as a two and a half to one dog? Uh, this is a guy who, I mean, the only guy he's lost to in forever has been Charles Oliveira, who is one of the best fighters in the world. Why do you think we're seeing this number here? Uh, is it more more to say about Sarukian, more to say about Benil Dariush? What do you see in this one? It's probably a combination of both. I think the Oliveira fight was a fight that a lot of us watched. A lot of us witnessed Dariush going out there. I don't want to say that Oliveira just beat the brakes off him, but it looked pretty one-sided to me outside of, you know, Dariush having a little bit of success, you know, on top position there. But I think Saryukin, the way that he ended up taking care of Silva in that fight, um, he didn't look like he was really in any trouble. Seemed like he controlled center of the octagon, had him up against the cage multiple times, and then eventually ended up finishing him there in the third. So I think it's just a combination of the results that happened with both of these guys in their last fight. I feel like maybe I'm stretching a little bit with the wager that I like here. The wager I'm going to do here is I'm going to take Saryukin to go ahead and go ahead 
and win this one under three and a half rounds. I feel like it's more of like a 50-50 wager, and I could get plus 130 on that. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I mean, this fight right now is what, minus 166 to go, to not go the distance. So I was telling me it's not going to go to the final horn here in Sarukin, obviously minus 310 saying that he should probably go ahead and win this fight. So I think if you put both of those lines together, it just makes sense for me to go ahead and play Saryukin here. Under three and a half rounds at plus 130. I think one of the things that I like about Saruki and most is that he doesn't waste anything. Every attack is forceful. It's aggressive. It's calculated. He's very light on his feet. You know, he pops in and out of the pocket, which I think that that's going to make you know him a little bit difficult for Darius to go ahead and hit. And he's not afraid to go ahead and get in a ground war, really, with anyone. When you talk about weapons, Sarukian has pretty much like a full arsenal, if you ask me. I'm not sure Dariush does. Dariush, obviously, we know he's durable. But Oliveira just, in, I went back and watched the fight. I thought he just got dismantled in the amount of time that he was in there. I mean, Oliveira looked like he was a class above and that he wasn't worried about anything that Dariush brought to the table on the feet or on the ground. I kind of feel like Sarukian here is going to have that kind of that, that same approach where maybe he doesn't respect Dariush and Dariush has to go out there and earn it. So for me, um, I, I kind of wonder if Dariush is on the mat or standing on the feet. And he's like, you know what, boy, this feels like a fight very similar to Oliveira where I felt outmatched. And I think that that might actually take, take place here. So I'll play Sarukian to go ahead and kind of, uh, you know, instill his will on Darius here and Darius to go, you know what, maybe maybe I'm not in this class. And I think this one's going to end a little bit earlier and I got Sarukian go ahead and get in the win here. So that's the wager I like most. I, I think it's wild that, you know, I mean, obviously Darius, he did get, it was a one-sided fight with Charles. But the important thing to remember is that was, I mean, Charles has, has beaten everybody not named Islam Mahashev going back to 2017. I mean, so it's not like losing to Charles. I mean, Dustin Poirier got finished by Charles. Justin Gaethje got finished by Charles. Uh, Michael Chant, everybody gets finished by Charles Oliveira except Islam Mahashev. So I, I don't know if that loss is necessarily bad. And then when you think about that, uh, the only loss that that Dariush has had since 2018 is Charles Oliveira. So it's a it. I know MMA math is not always you know as cut and dry as that, but I I, I think that the number just like I guess maybe people think Dariush has gotten old. I think part of it is the way he looks, like he's got the gray hair, and people look at him like he's like an old man now. But he's you know he he's thirty four years old. He's he's not an old man, particularly at this weight class where guys like Jim Miller are still fighting. So. I, I, I actually I'm gonna disagree with you. Uh and I'm gonna say this thing goes over three and a half rounds. I have now you I have to lay minus one thirty five on that. But I, I just think it feels a lot more competitive than the line suggests. So I, I think these are two fighters who have at least recently started to prioritize defense. That wasn't always the case for Dariush. Uh but then he got knocked out by Alex Hernandez and basically got knocked off the path to a title. And we saw him get really conservative, fall back into a wrestling-heavy, control-heavy approach. And as soon as he started to cut loose again, knocked out by Charles Oliveira. What's he going to do? I think he goes back to that conservative approach. I, I, I don't think he goes in and, and looks to brawl with Sarukian. Sarukian is an excellent wrestler himself. Uh, 
but he's gotten a lot better as a striker since coming onto the UFC roster. I, I just think these guys are so well matched and they're two cerebral fighters, two smart guys. I, I just highly doubt that a brawl breaks out. And if the brawl doesn't break out, I, I think it gets into the later rounds. Uh, if I were forced to take a side on this, it would have to be Dariush because I just think the value is there. I, I think Sarukian wins, but do I think Sarukian wins like, you know, two out of every three? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think these guys are a lot closer than that, at least on paper. Uh, David, what do you see in this matchup? Uh, yeah, that's where my statistics lie. I got three out of four uh, decisions for uh, Dariush in his last four fights. And uh, same with Sarukian, two out of three going by way of decision. I also liked over three and a half rounds uh, for uh, minus 135. I think the line dropped a lot because of who Darius has fought in his last, you know, in his last three fights. They've come uh, come against uh, fighters, you know, uh, Tony Ferguson, um, loser of three out of four, Scott Hassas Holtzman, loser of three out of four. So who, who Darius has fought matters. And, I feel like uh, Sarukian and him uh, match up well, like you said, and it goes uh, over three and a half rounds. Yeah, one of the opponents that they have in common is Matus Gamrot, and that was the win that Darius got right before he fought uh, before he fought Charles Oliveira, and Matus Gamrot fought Sarukian right before he fought Darius, before he lost to Darius, and he got a win over Sarukian, although I was at that fight, and I disagreed with the decision. I thought Sarukian won that fight. So I, I thought both of them performed about equally uh, against a really good fighter in Gamrot. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I think we all agree that while I, at least I, I know I do, I, I think Sarukian wins the fight. I think there's no value in in betting on him to win. You either have to find a prop like you think he's going to win in this manner, which Sleepy, you think he's going to win early. Or, or you have to look at the dog because that, that's just where like these the line just doesn't make sense to me why Benil Dariush I mean Benil Dariush wasn't this big of a dog against Charles Oliveira and, and Charles Oliveira is like I mean probably the second best lightweight in the world so why is he such a big dog to 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 Sarukian here it just doesn't doesn't add up for me uh Sarukian was able to go five rounds with Gamrat to a decision fight so I think you know, again, over three and a half rounds holds value. All right, let's take a look at the co-main Jalen Turner, Bobby Green. Uh, right now, the odds have Jalen Turner a about a minus two hundred five favorite. Looks to be the consensus. Uh, you can get right around plus one seventy coming back. Uh, it depends on where you look like Jalen Turner. You can get him at uh, under 200 on under minus 200 at DraftKings plus 164 on the return. So, uh, anywhere between 165 and 180 looks like for green and anywhere between minus 200 and minus 230 on Jalen Turner. Uh, David, I'll let you bat lead off here on this matchup. What do you, what do you, uh, like here? And, and what do you think of these odds? I just I just think Jalen Turner comes in as the short notice favorite. Stands out to me as like kind of disrespect to Bobby, Bobby Green and uh, what he's uh, done in his last two fights. You know, winning uh, winning by knockout in his last fight. But again, you see who he's fought and again. Tony Ferguson weighs in there. Somebody that you know has lost you know four fights in a row. And then Grant Dawson, young fighter. 
you know, uh, able to, uh, you know, or wasn't able to, you know, keep his hands up. Got Bobby Green got lucky, kind of. I felt like against him, was able to knock him out in one punch. So I just see these short notice fights in the in the in the in the line at minus two hundred, and I'm like, it didn't make a lot of sense to me for the short notice fighters. So I just think these guys are both in it for the cash. So I look at Jalen Turner to keep length with Bobby Green, six foot three frame, T kicks very well, gonna stand up with you know with Bobby Green very well, and. These guys just to hold each other off for, you know, over two and a half rounds, I think has great value at plus 120. I don't think either one of them are going to be able to reach the chin of the other one to, you know, finish finish the fight. So I feel that this goes the distance. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't disagree with you. I I actually played uh, minus 165 on over one and a half rounds. So I, I guess it depends on how, how confident you are and, and how far this fight goes. But I generally agree with you. And a lot of that handicap falls on, like you said, Jalen Turner being on short notice. And more importantly, Jalen Turner being on short notice as one of, as maybe the biggest guy in the division. So when you when you talk about a guy who's got to cut a ton of weight to make weight and then he takes a short notice fight, he understands, I think, that he's going to have to conserve energy early in the fight. Bobby Green is like Jalen Turner. What he likes to do is put guys away early, and he's had a lot of success doing it. Bobby Green is tough to put away early. The only guys who have finished Bobby Green early, Islam Mahashev, Dustin Poirier. Those guys are pretty good. <laughs> you know, as good as Turner is, he's not those guys. If you ask me who do I like more, I, I like the upside of Jalen Turner so much more than I like the upside of Bobby Green. I, I think Jalen Turner, if he like makes a couple improvements here and in there, could be like a top five fighter. But I, as the fight goes on, I, I like Bobby Green more and more. Um, I, I think if this gets out of the first round, it becomes more of a Bobby Green fight. I could actually see making a play on the dog here for that reason, even though I think Turner is the better fighter overall. But just on short notice, Bobby Green's the kind of guy who's he's not going to care who his opponent is. He's not going to change what he does. So I, I lean to to maybe Green having value here uh, at, at plus 170, plus 180, wherever you're at. But I, I like my favorite play on this fight is is also the over. I like over one and a half rounds minus one sixty five. I, I I'll, I'd rather lay a little juice and and have some wiggle room there than the over two and a half. But uh, I, I do think that this this fight isn't a, a quick finish. Sleepy, what do you see here? I think that we should probably look at the odds first. And as you were asking, Dave, I immediately thought like these odds make sense if this were to happen two fights ago. I don't think these odds make a lot of sense right now. I think you and I did a podcast when Turner went up against Hooker. Yep. And he let me down in that fight. I liked Turner quite a bit. I thought Dan Hooker actually fought a pretty damn good fight. But after watching that one and just digesting everything that I saw, I got to be honest, I do not want Turner in this fight. I'm going to play Bobby Green plus the 180. I think I like it. I think Turner looked terrible late in that second round and the entire third, as you were just talking about. You're coming in here on short notice you got to cut all that weight. His cardio was just pure trash against Dan Hooker, and I think that that's why he got clipped. That's why he – I mean, he looked like he was almost out on his feet. He looked actually quite, quite bad. And I think one of the things with Bobby Green that, that could be a little bit of an issue here for Turner is that he's going to look to kind of be a little bit more aggressive. Like, that's just his nature. Like, he keeps you on skates. He wants to go ahead and bring the fight to you. He wants to see you moving uh, because he's an awkward kind of fighter. And it feels like Turner is kind of one of those guys who he looks to go ahead and kind of take it low, take it slow, set up his shots, kind of let his heart rate 
you know, remain at, at somewhat of like a minimal type of pace. And I think Bobby Green, he just he just puts too much pressure on you. And I think that he's going to have enough weapons here to probably get Turner into those later rounds. And I think if Bobby Green's smart, that's what he that that's ultimately what he tries to do because I think there's an advantage with the way cut with the way that Turner looked. I think maybe minus two ten should have or minus two oh five minus two ten should have been a couple fights ago. Not now. Uh, Bobby Green has actually looked quite well. So I see value in the dog. So I'm going to take Bobby Green plus the 180. I don't want to say it's like a 50-50 fight, AJ. I'm with you. Turner's the better fighter. There's there, His ceiling is so much better. But you have to wonder, was his ceiling somebody like a, a Brad Riddell? Yeah. Like, was that his ceiling? Because he got beat by Gamrot, I thought, convincingly. The Dan Hooker fight was a little bit closer. But, I mean, he, he, there was a chance he didn't even make it to the final horn. So... I'm going to go ahead and play Bobby Green plus the 180. I think this is a much, much closer than what these odds suggest. So I'm on, I'm on Bobby Green here. What I like about this is all three of us, I think our handicaps all kind of go hand in hand. I think if you, if you like the under in this fight, you probably like Jalen Turner. You think that Jalen – I mean, because that's when Jalen Turner is the most dangerous, round one. Uh, he's It's almost like he's a – like Ryan Spann is a good comp, I think. Obviously, much, much smaller version of Ryan Spann. But Ryan Spann, if you tell me a Ryan Spann fight is going to finish in the first three minutes, I really like Ryan Spann to win that fight. Um, I, I think it's the same way with Turner. Like, if you think the fight is over fast – you think Jalen Turner has found a way to uh, to finish it, and I, I think we both agree. Like at least David and I both think this fight goes longer, uh, goes outside of the first round. Certainly, I think that as the fight goes on, it it, it goes more and more in the favor of Bobby Green. So it, I think if my bet wins, and 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 especially if David's bet wins, I think your bet's looking better and better, Sleepy. I like the sound of that. I, my ears were perked up when you guys were saying over. I'm like, perfect. That's exactly what I want to hear. All right. Let's uh, let's get to Rob Font and Davison Figueredo. And I'll, I'll lead off here. I know, Sleepy, you you basically don't – you don't have an opinion on this. You think this is about the, – the line is right. Um, I, this is going to be our first look seeing Davison Figueredo fight anyone other than Brandon Moreno in three years. That's it's just crazy to me, but he's fought the same guy over and over and over. He always struggled to make flyweight. I think it's going to be a lot more comfortable for him uh, as far as the weight cut goes to get to 135. And I've always been a fan of Rob Font. I, I think he is one of the best pure boxers in the sport. I love his jab, but what it does is it leaves him exposed to one of Figgy's best weapons, and that's leg kicks. I, I think Figueredo... Uh, I think he fights at, at kicking distance for much of this fight, unless he tries to take it to the mat, which isn't out of the question. Uh, and, and I think he has some success doing it. Font is a great, I think he's a great overfighter. Uh, he, he's very defensively sound. His offense is, is much more about precision and volume than power. But And with Figueredo used to go in five rounds, cardio won't be an issue. I, I think this is one of the more entertaining fights of the night. I think Figueredo wins this in, in a pretty closely contested decision. Figueredo at plus 125 like I this is a fight to me I, I think this is a very difficult fight to line because you, you talk about a guy who's been you know one of the best in the world a division down it, it's always tough to to do that kind of math 
but you can get him at 125. You can get Rob Font at minus 135. I think these should be closer to probably about minus minus 110. I, I think these guys are, pr- are pretty damn even. Uh, if you take the success Figueredo's had at 125 and you you push it up and you look at Rob Font, who as good as he's been at 135, once he's gotten in with elite guys, he just hasn't found that success. So I'm going to take the value here and, and take a plus 125 on Figueredo. Uh, David, what do you see in this fight? Uh, yeah, I see uh, both these guys have been a five-round war after five-round war. You know, like you said, Brandon Moreno, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Davis and Figueredo fighting Brandon Moreno over and over and over again. Uh, I think he's probably happy to have somebody different out, uh, on the other side of the octagon. Uh, and that, But he's going to fight the gatekeeper of the of the bantamweight division in, in Rob Font. You know who's fought. You know nothing but the uh, the guys who go on to fight the champions in their next fight. He's, uh, you know uh, Marlon Vera is going to fight uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, who who fought just fought, and uh, uh, you go Corey Sandhagen and and Cody Garbrandt. These guys, you know, he's fought the top level champions, and I just think uh, Figueredo's frame at five foot five, very small, going to be very small. I think Font's going to be able to, you know. Hang on to him, and 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 you know these guys have been fought five rounds after five rounds. So I think over two and a half holds some value in this. You know they don't have to go to this five round war that they've have haven't to gone to for the last you know four or five fights. So a lot of value at uh, minus one twenty over two and a half rounds. I see uh, for both these fighters being able to stand strong. Yeah, I, I like that as well. I, I like a decision here. All right, Sleepy, tell the people how they can save some money at pregame.com, and we'll hit up some best bets here. All right, easy stuff here. If you guys go to pregame.com and you simply enter code AJ50, you guys will get $50 off AJ's 90-day all-access UFC package. I know, AJ, that you've had a very good year with your UFC picks. I think you're up, like, what, 25, 30 units on the year? Yeah, 25 units on the year impressive and that's one of the reasons why i was actually bothering aj to do this podcast so we got a special bonus pop but i'm going to get all his picks you know before everybody so i'm, I'm currently betting as, as we're on break here getting all the best bets in from aj so make sure you guys go to pregame again that's aj 50 50 off aj's 90 day all access there at pregame.com this show is sponsored by better help How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, 
I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, bud. Uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. All right, let's get to best bets, and uh, let's start with you, David. You're the uh, the new guy. Let's uh, let's let's have you throw out your best bet. What do you got for this one? Okay, my guy, my guy comes in as the as a minus one forty favorite, uh, and it's Rocker close. Uh, what I like really like about my guy is he uh, has fought the the he's fought the Benil Darius, who's on the who's on the main event, and, and uh, yeah, he lost, but he, he also fought Bobby Green was on the co-main event but he's beat him he just fought Rahafa Garcia who's coming the winner of three out of four uh so Drucker close has a lot of value here as he's fought and the guys that are on the top of this card and I feel like Drucker close should be on the top of this card the way he's fought these guys and and has beaten some of these guys and here he gets Joe Selecki you know who it, uh, I don't feel is on his level uh Selecki is like a ground game fighter and I feel like Drocker Close uh, has great kicks, you know, great takedown defense, um, and he's gonna be able to, uh, you know, uh, take out Selecki with his uh, with submissions. He's had uh, two missed submissions in his last five fights, you know. And I don't, I do see this fight maybe being able to go to the judges, uh, but I have a three star best bet, Drocker Close. He's actually coming down at minus one twenty five. He still holds some value, uh, but. You know, I feel like the at the beginning of beginning of the betting uh, at the uh, a week ago, uh, the the pros had it right at uh, minus one forty. Yeah, I I, uh, I lean to close as well. I I think Drakkar close. If he fought more often, he would be like looked at as one of the best fighters in the division. He he's just been so inactive, and a lot of it. I mean, remember he's the guy who Jeremy Stevens shoved and like messed up his spine he shoved him at the face off and then messed up his spine um but yeah close is a I, I think he's one of the more underrated guys on the roster he, he it's not always the most exciting fights but he is a he's very sound defensively he's patient i don't think he's going to be overwhelmed on the ground so I, I i like your uh i like your play there sleepy where are you headed for your best bet I'm going to go to the fourth fight here on the main card i'm going to go and look at gastelum and sean brady I'm going to go ahead and play this one over two and a half rounds at minus 125. Gasolum, he's gone four straight fights in a row now where he's gone the distance. And I think Brady coming off of a loss to below Muhammad, he probably comes into this one maybe a little bit reserved, like going, you know what, like this Gastelum guy, he's a guy that could throw bombs. We know that he's super durable. I think he might try to win this one more on points and try to outpoint Gastelum maybe in a little bit of a boxing match, maybe you know, secure like a takedown or two or something like that during the process. I don't think Brady is going to look to go in and get into any type of bar brawls here. 
uh, coming off of a loss because he's still relevant. And I think a, a, a loss here puts him in, in kind of a weird place. But, you know, a win here obviously keeps him in that relevant type of discussion. I don't believe he comes in this one throwing caution to the wind, looking to go ahead and get away from his game plan, you know, whatever that might be. But, you know, Gaston's just a durable dude, and he's actually looked pretty good. So I think both of these guys look at each other and say, you know what, danger, danger, danger. Let's be careful. I think over two and a half is is a really, really good bet. I'm surprised it was minus 125 over two and a half rounds. I thought maybe it was going to be in like that minus 150, 160 area. So I feel like I am getting value here for two fighters that I think are going to take it a little low, a little slow, be cautious. So that's my best bet. Brady Gaslam over two and a half rounds minus 125. Yeah, I generally like that too. And this is, uh, you know, Brady, anytime you lose your first fight, I think you're you're a lot more cautious next time out like you're not looking to get you're not looking to get finished again and um I think in general I, I think this fight there shows a little little value on the line for Brady I, I think if Gastelum had lost that last fight to Chris Curtis we'd look at him a little different and you remember there was a a, a clash of heads uh that kept the, the judges basically looked at as a knockdown uh in that fight and I, I I thought Chris Curtis won that fight Chris Curtis certainly thought he won that fight so um I, I, I do I do see some value here on a conservative approach from both guys. And quite, quite frankly, I don't know that Gastelum is a finisher at this point in his career. I, I don't know that he's got that in him to go out and get somebody out of there quickly. All right, for my best bet, I'm going to go with someone I hope does get them out of there quickly. I'm going to go Punahale Soriano by KO, TKO, or DQ. You can get that at plus 120. And I, I think this is a, an ideal matchup for Soriano here. Uh, Dustin Stoltzfus... One and four in the UFC so far. Now, first, I think he's better than that record tells you, but he's not a great athlete. He's slow-footed. He he prefers to wrestle. Would love to get Soriano to the ground, but so would everyone. Uh, Soriano, in in his loss to Nick Maximov, which I I thought he won. uh, It was a split decision that I thought he won. But the reason why I gave him credit was he did a great job defending takedowns against Nick Maximov, who I think is a better wrestler than Dustin Stoltzfus. And losing to Roman Kopolov, I, I mean, that's going to happen. Kopolov is one of the best strikers in the UFC. They got into a striking match. Soriano got caught. And his other UFC loss is to Brendan Allen, who's like quickly rising the ranks as one of the best guys in the division. So I think Soriano, the only guys who are going to be able to, to really punish him are guys who can take him down and control him and or, or knock him out in a straight-up uh, stand-up fight. Stoltz was certainly has does not have that path. Like if, if Stoltz was stands up with him, it, it ends instantly. But I, I don't think he's enough of an athlete to get Soriano to the ground and hold him there. Uh, certainly not for three rounds. At some point, Soriano finds that chin. And to me, it's pretty clear Stoltzfus isn't a UFC caliber guy. Puna Soriano is going to make go, those type of guys look bad. So Punahale Soriano by KO, TKO, DQ at plus 120 will be my best bet for this podcast david sleepy i appreciate you guys taking the time to uh to do this with us and you know hopefully we'll we'll uh we'll be back next weekend uh for for the ufc event the the pay-per-view event that's coming up next weekend back back right back in the saddle uh as we got another good card coming up so um appreciate you guys for all listening and uh and and good luck on good luck with your bets on the fights this week 